one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said they're joined by hamlet to look ahead to smackdown tonight and uh well they've got a hell of a show to follow after last week's super smackdown yeah um it was a really hot episode of a wrestling television show uh the stories on smackdown are uh, okay i don't think anything with the exception of the brock lesnar stuff is feeling like you know, the most exciting stuff in the game or anything like that. But, like, genuinely, the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, I guess Paul Heyman, tug of love, <laughs> is genuinely interesting. Soured slightly by something that we all knew was going to happen but didn't really want to, that that's taking place as the main event of Crown Jewel. They're kind of getting to the point, but that brings with it all sorts of worries rather than mm. excitement and anticipation. So, as you've kind of, like, alluded to in our preview notes and... I guess off the back of last week's main event rather than the opening segment, they're going to shift the focus back to Roman's immediate opponent rather than this Brock Lesnar thing down the road. It's good stuff, but I was critical last week because everything that was happening felt very much, I think I like said Raw Legends night, mm. but MSG was the legend in question. MSG was backstage at the party having <laughs> a chat with Kelly Kelly, catching up about the good old days. Um, I am sceptical that they can maintain the atmosphere this week. But I'll sit there, as I do, diligently, for two hours and hope that they can change my mind. Yeah, I thought, you know, last week's SmackDown was one of the best SmackDowns this year, arguably. I yeah. uh, really enjoyed it. It flew by, you know, not just, obviously, the Brock stuff and the Demon stuff and the Roman stuff. You had, you know, Bianca and uh, uh, Becky and the contract signing, and you just had a fun sort of house show-esque 10-man tag mm. with a local celebrity to annoy the fans and what have you and the comeuppance of all that etc etc i just thought yeah this is the way wwe should be it's sort of frustrating isn't it that they you know already i mean at the time of recording they have advertised nothing for tonight's (laughs) show that they are just going to maybe slip back into old habits when they felt like they had some genuine goodwill and momentum off the back of last week's show yeah there was buzz all weekend 
for what a great show SmackDown was, which WWE almost never garners for anything, let alone, you know, over weekend. Presently, when a lot of the conversation around pro wrestling in general seems to be centered around whatever it is that AEW are doing. So yeah. WWE did genuinely well, I think, to harness some buzz off that SmackDown last week. They continued it with... Uh, raw, but then if anything, that buzz was a reminder, I guess, that we sometimes get trapped in our own bubble because Raw did a stinker of a number up against Monday Night Football, uh, despite the fact that Twitter was ablaze with conversation about first SmackDown and then Big E, of course, becoming WWE champion. So, yeah, it is disappointing that nothing's been promoted, but not wholly unexpected. I'm not convinced with SmackDown. And again, all of this is caveated with, I think, the big angles have been given enough focus going into extreme rules that this is going to feel like a built pay-per-view. The main matches, are, it's not going to be video packages that you're watching thinking, did any of this actually happen? Mm. Like, I, they're not going to need tricks of editing or anything like that. There are stories that have been told, but I don't yet feel particularly like this is a show bursting at the seams with hot angles and hot stories. And I wonder if that's maybe why it's sometimes not in their best interest to preview stuff. You can't really. The eight-man tag was just a shining example of this last week. That eight-man tag, which, by the way, featured Big E, who is now probably no longer on this brand. Yeah, would he show up tonight? I mean, he could. I think he should yeah. say, I'm going to rule, basically. It's nice to capitalise on having yet another like hot start on the show and say, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be on Raw to defend this title. But SmackDown should keep an eye. I don't know. But like, what were really any of the other wrestlers doing beyond that eight man. Sami Zayn could build something off the back of last week, and I expect him to if he's given promo time. But who amongst them were potential opponents for King Nakamura? Uh, Ray and Dominic's descent wasn't figured into in the eight man tag. It's tonight the night. It seems to me that this is the week, Wilborn, <laughs> of all weeks. If you were going to do it, it has to be this week yeah. that Dominic is going to electric chair his Come dad on. in that unannounced tag team match that we can't preview. <laughs> I can't think of a better night for the turn to finally take place. So, yeah, like, as great as that was and as great as the vibe was, uh, it'll take some convincing, I think, to fool WWE audiences into thinking that th that can be every week. I wish it was. Yeah, this I, don't, I don't know why they can't, because there was evidence that they could for one night at least. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm repeating myself and covering old ground here, but it's just so frustrating as a WWE fan that... You know, this time of year, Monday Night Football's coming back, so they already know that they're not going to do great numbers on Monday nights. And they're in that weird period of, like, yeah, we'll try maybe a bit for Survivor Series, but in reality, the storylines right now don't really, you know, need to be focused upon because we're going to be doing Red versus Blue in a few months, mm -hmm. and we've got the Saudi show that we're really more bothered about mm -hmm. than Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is next weekend, let's not forget. Yeah, And, yeah, I mean... It's a lot of time, but it isn't a lot of time in reality to fill two and three hours. Three hours is a long old time. I get that. But, like, surely, what? I just always come back to the, what are the people doing who plan this show week to week? Like, not the people who turn up and go, oh, right, bollocks to this script. We'll start all over again. What are they doing or what have they been doing? Let's say they get the weekend off. They don't, but let's <laughs> say if they do, they come in on Monday morning to plan this show. What are they doing? What's you just like we? I sit here and make notes for this, and I've made five bullet points up. Just going right. Uh, well, Seth Rollins obviously destroyed Edge last week. Got the demon and, and because you had to because they haven't uh, furnished you with things. But it's like you. if I can do that, surely someone else can go. Because I watch like the 30, 40 second video clip that they put up on WWE.com and maybe I assume put out on a few TV channels. Mm. And all it is is what's going to happen with Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. And I was like, you couldn't chuck up. 
like a match graphic of, you know, I don't know, making good on the fact that the women were just hoyed off the card last week. We're yeah. gonna do the we're gonna do the tag match and we're gonna have Tony Storm's in ring debut. And trust me, you'll need to, you know, mm. you'll wanna watch what she can do. And just a few a few video packages. She was NXT UK champion for a bit, yep. wasn't she? Yep. Just stuff like that. It's just so frustrating. You know, Raw, I almost give a pass because I'm like, eh, it's Raw. But SmackDown, I'm like, yes, front load it with Roman's going to be there and look at him. But you've got these great tag teams. You've got all these characters, Happy Corbin, Boogs, like you say, Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, the tag stuff, which we'll get onto again, like I said. And it's just like, they just go, eh, yeah, but it's September, so just why bother? It's the strangest thing. It's funny that you mentioned about the difference about how we all feel about the approach to Raw and SmackDown. And I think one of those reasons is because even though SmackDown is absolutely the A show now, it's the billion-dollar wrestling show, it is certainly, um, I was going to say the jewel in WWE's crown, but it feels like the wrong time of year to use that phrasing. But um, it's the big show for WWE now over Raw. And yet, we still get the story every week of Vince McMahon being there on a Monday night to tear the script up and be angry all over again. But... There is something different about SmackDown that exposes how malfunctioning WWE is. And I don't just mean at a creative level. I mean an administrative, from an administrative point of view. So let's say, for example, Friday SmackDown airs, and it was a big success, and people are really happy with the buzz. Are numbers? Did a great number. Things were promoted. Madison Square Garden made it feel bigger, the whole deal. And then, as you say, let's say they take Saturday and Sunday off. We know it's WWE, so nobody's allowed to take any time off. But let's just pretend. They come in Monday morning, and you've got five days. And let's assume that those people paid to do their job. Ten people around a table, whatever it is, do their job. Let's say they craft a show. They go up and down the roster. They look at the angles. They've got stuff on the whiteboard. And they do it. And you've got this two-hour show with all of these things taken care of, those names you mentioned, plus others, plus people we've forgotten. And then it gets to... Friday, well, we're recording this Friday morning UK time. In about three hours' time, four hours' time, it's going to be Friday. It's going to be like sort of Friday morning in yeah. America, and Vince McMahon's going to be taking his first look at what people have spent five days pouring over. And he'll be like, rubbish, I hate it. And then it's going to become whatever it is that we watch tonight, featuring a quarter of the people that were on that list, featuring a fraction of the angles and things that people have booked, because this system of producing television is doomed to fail. It might not just be Vince. Let's like say it's Bruce and Big Johnny and Kevin, whoever. Vince Light. Yeah, but yeah, that's it. It's Vince Light, isn't it? It's these same people. And like to use a football analogy and a recent one at that, Roman Reigns remains this huge star that is also generating like very positive critical acclaim. So he's kind of everything you want in your champion and in your top star and in your most promoted name. Last week, um, for those that don't follow football but are probably aware enough because of, of just how big a name he is. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo returned to Manchester United and oversaw a 4-1 demolition of the frankly pathetic Newcastle United. <laughs> um, but imagine if amongst all the furore of that signing on a Monday, Manchester United, in the build-up to the game over that five days, were sort of deciding very carefully how to fit him into the team. Huge signing, got to play him, but how do you fit him in? And then Saturday morning, the manager says, we're just going to play him. We're not going to bother with the other 10 players because we've got so much faith in the old, the old Ronaldo uh, gimmick, like of what, how he used to be able to like dazzle and he could beat four men by himself that he won't need defenders or a goalkeeper <laughs> or like sort of his fellow attacking players around him. He can just do it by himself. Now, he's Newcastle, so he probably could have. So this example doesn't completely hold together. But yeah, that's effectively what they do. Vince is like, well, I got Roman. What about like 
30, 40 guys. What if what if Ronaldo gets two-footed by yeah. John Joe Shelby in the first minute? What then? Well, I don't care. Like, it's well, a, we've just built someone else. Sorry? It's too late for that. We're on the air. We're on the pitch. Like, the, 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 the game's kicked off. It is just, it's just, it doesn't work. It's so fundamentally broken. That I, again, I think people watch SmackDown and it is... It's a lighter show to watch. You often talk about watching it on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this feels like an opportune time to say uh, a podcast supporter, Jay Wilde, will be watching it on her 40th birthday. Yes. So happy birthday to her if she happy does watch birthday, it on a Saturday Jay. morning. Thank you for your support as always. But yeah, you sometimes sit there on a Friday night or a Saturday morning. It's feeling quite chilled. Smackdown is a breezier watch. Um, but if it's all around Roman, you are neglecting, what, 30 Talent, or let's say Roman, Becky, the few people that we see on SmackDown a week. You're neglecting so many wrestlers. We're not in the pandemic anymore, but these guys aren't on the house show leap. They're not getting... If you go to their um, records online, if you look at like when people last worked, like Shotzi and Knox being an example, they are uh, have been a featured act on SmackDown there. Even when they're not wrestling, it's like, oh, they're still... Ri-. They turn up at buildings to ride around on a tank. <laughs> they do an equivalent of the fun cart Grand Prix and go home. That's their work day, right? If you were to look at their wrestling record... The last time they probably wrestled was when they were beating Tamina and Natalia back earlier. Like yeah. they must have and gone, they're not getting a title shot. Must have gone like six weeks. Tony Storm, six weeks, no match. Appears once to kind of like have a weird flirty exchange with Dolph Ziggler. Disappears again. It's still on its arse, even when some of it's good. And I just cannot fathom why they wouldn't want to just dive into all these wrestlers. Are like it's Vince McMahon's toy box. And we know that he's always got his favourite toys, but it doesn't mean he doesn't need to like reach down and get out a few of the other ones as well, because it's not just for him, is it? It's supposed to be for everybody. It's supposed to be for the billion dollars that mm. the network are paying for it. It's weird, man. It's weird. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, let's look ahead to tonight's show, and let's start... With the star guy, Roman, mm. uh, and presumably his response to the demon. One would assume no Brock Lesnar this week. Maybe 
uh, an acknowledgement of the match with Lesnar at Crown Jewel and a nod to Big E saying, yeah, you made the right call going over there and challenging for that title because you knew you couldn't get your hands on this mm. one. That sort of writes itself. But you've got him responding to the demon and arguably the Street Profits responding to the fact that they were with, within touching distance of those SmackDown tag titles. Yes, we've got, if I'm not mistaken, the... Official word of Street Profits and Usos at Extreme Rules. Is that right? I think so, I feel yeah. like I've seen a graphic. So that one's as good as booked as a result of the way that match ended last week, which is pretty cool because it would... Um, it, it certainly feels as if the Street Profits are destined to win the belts back. Although now we've got like the potential of the Survivor Series, Bloodline New Day, Six Man. There's, there's good drama in headcanon, even if they know if they don't want to put any more story onto this. It's, it was built last week. Street Profits had it won. Montez Ford's in the form of his life. This is the match. It's probably the right time for it too. Um, in terms of Roman, this it's for a guy that sits at the head of the table, he's got an awful lot on his plate hey. because he's got Brock and he's got the Demon. But what's great about this this week is that they can actually benefit from Brock not being around by having Paul Heyman say, right, I'm 100% with you, Roman. Are we ready for the Demon? Uh, yeah, Paul, I know that I've got to smash Brock too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are we ready for the demon? Like, that's what I want to talk about. We've got to get you ready for beating the deal because I'm, if, you know, you are my tribal chief. What about after I've smashed Finn Balor and then I've got to smash Brock Lesnar? Finn Balor's the thing I've got my eye on. You are my tribal chief. I've got nothing but love for you. Like, wearing his lay, all that sort of stuff. They can have some fun with that. Yeah. They can, like, Roman's not stupid. Um, he is kind of at this point um, a cat pawing at the trapped mouse isn't he like when it comes to Paul Heyman but Paul Heyman doesn't know like he'll take that he'll take being poured out as long as he's not savaged with a claw and he doesn't yet quite know where he where he stands with Roman and I think they can like relish that a little bit because it can also allow Roman narratively to take his eye off the ball um the oh, demon you could, have, you could have Heyman say my tribal chief thank you so much for booking my flights to Saudi Arabia and then leaving yeah. these tickets on my desk Roman goes I didn't book any flights. Oh, for you yet. great! Yeah, really, really good. Um, and it's just anything that, even briefly, takes Roman's eye off the ball, uh, allows the demon to look and feel as dominant as we know he's been in the past. I would expect one more appearance of the demon before the show itself. You can be Finn Balor for me this week. Yeah, um, less can, is more. I think so. They can dip in between. Um, I don't need. Uh, too much demon before the show itself because I thought it was really effective. You got the one light flicker the week before, and then you got the actual demon last week, didn't you? It was great for the huge bap in, uh, inside MSG. But I think now pull all the way back on that. Whether or not while he was all painted up last week, they perhaps filmed some vignettes. Maybe you know. I think so. Just to, just to inform people of the maybe the law, the law, the law of the, the demon. Um, I'd say the theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we'd had the pumpkin demon. Oh, that's uh, still pumpkin demon and sister Abigail remains the great regret of Bray Wyatt and Roman getting mumps, doesn't it? Um, I yeah no I like I, I don't need a lot of demon but I love the match I really really love the match Roman's probably going to win and it's going to mean something that this character's going to lose um, the and demon. like you say it's a hell of a job of WWE even though we anticipate that Roman Reigns wins and I'm sure when we preview it next weekend you and I will both pick Roman Reigns victory mm. it speaks volumes that people go you can't have the demon lose though so maybe he beats him because. Like you say, in the interim between now and Saudi, you could almost forgive WWE for being like, and 
It's going to be Otis versus Roman at the pay-per-view because <laughs> we all know he's retaining. Yeah, it's a biggie. It really is. It's going to headline. Um, it's going to feel huge. As you see, you've got the Saudi Arabia show. And then we're kind of, unless I'm forgetting it, there might be like another generic October pay-per-view. But I don't sense they're going to do anything more pay-per-view-wise with Finn Balor. So this feels Drafting like... Drafting it, it's, it's might, that might be... It feels like his last swing, doesn't it, at Roman Reigns, this. And that's why he's in the paint and he's willing to put himself through it. Uh, Michael Cole... It was all very on the nose, but I didn't think it was too bad that he spent the entire entrance explaining the lore of the demon, this yeah. idea that Finn Balor has to go to this dark place and he has to weaken himself to embody this character, but when he does, he's stronger than ever, and that's that's the whole... I like that. I love it, characteristic. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't need too much more demon, but I like the idea that Roman Reigns has to take this problem seriously. He has to see that Finn is more issue than... Even if, come the night... Finn goes for the cover after the coup de grace and Roman Reigns does that kick out where he hits him in the cack. Uh, and yeah, wear like, a cup, demon. <laughs> that's it. Even the demon's got a cack and balls. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, like, even if that's his strategy on the night, I think you can play with the build by saying this is a threat that even the head of the table can't compete with. And hopefully, uh, like I said, we get a more of a development with the Street Profits and just a nice promo, perhaps, from a, from a Montez Ford and an Angelo Dawkins, because I think they work really well together and they're so good at firing the crowd up. And... Yeah, quite rightly. They got screwed. So just put that over. Say we're going to murk you at the pay-per-view and maybe just show the, the fact that Montez Ford defies gravity and probably is going to be a main eventer in the next few years. Yeah. Um, basics stuff for me here. I would like to see um, the... So you get Postman Pierce and Sonia Deville say, we've looked at the tape from last week and that's why we booked... Street Profits uh, and the Usos for Extreme Rules. It's only fair they get another shot or ban outside interference or whatever. And in the meantime, treat this like it's a real sport mm. and have um, the Street Profits win a tag team match. You get five minutes of Montez Ford showing you how awesome he is and they beat uh, the Dirty Dogs. Yeah. Um, because, well, no, actually this week they beat the Mysterios so then yes, Dominic yeah, can yeah, electric yeah, chair yeah. Ray, and then on the go-home show, you can beat the Dirty Dogs. Just a quick reminder as well for WWE, the pay-per-view is called Extreme Rules next Sunday, and at the moment, no extreme tribulations <laughs> for the matches, so maybe that's a thought for, for this evening. Uh, let's talk about Seth Rollins. He murdered Edge last week. Uh, a brilliant match. Sensational uh, Edge Rollins uh, 2 mm. in Madison Square Garden. Edge presumably written off for a while. What's next for, for Seth whilst this is all going on? Because he seems to be conflicted. Yeah, Seth didn't seem to know how he felt, did he, last week? But I know how Seth Rollins feels. And uh, check the pronoun there. I know how Seth Rollins feels. Who was waving Edge into the ambulance? It was Rey Mysterio. <laughs> What's the pay-per-view in two weeks? Extreme rules. Oh. I know how Seth Rollins feels. <laughs> he wants to finish the job he started last year. Get the ex-NXT champion back in commentary. The other one's out. Uh, <laughs> it's out. No, we're not going to get eye for an eye too, I don't think. Um, especially because Ray's going to be recovering from Dominic's brutal. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I, Seth doesn't need a pay-per-view opponent right now. As of last week, I genuinely thought, I'm trying to avoid saying I, I thought that they were going into Seth and Big E. Because it felt like the next big program, like Biggie, Seth's been kind of made by this Edge program, and then Biggie beats him, and then it's like on. But now he's the real champion. What does the E stand for? I, <laughs> big I. <laughs> but like, I don't think yeah, uh, I don't think he needs it anymore. I'm not sure that you give Seth a um, a pay per view opponent or a ready made pay per view feud over two weeks. The Mysterios are genuinely the best shout for it. But you, 
it's you're tiptoeing over like very very recently buried graves Ooh, in the form of yeah. Seth Rollins and Mysterio, and not least at this specific pay per view. But Ray was there to see his friend get carted off last week. I don't think that was an accident. SmackDown has been pretty good, especially with Seth Rollins. Um, I've been putting this over before. Seth and Edge started because Seth was trying to get back in Roman's yes. business. This there is a path here that dates back quite a lot of months. So it would be in keeping with how SmackDown have booked the Seth Rollins character that Ray Mysterio was there for a reason. And Seth was like, I don't know how I feel, but when Edge's best friend was there to see him carted in the ambulance, all I knew all I knew is is that I felt nothing for his pain. And Rey Mysterio was like, it'd be funny if Rey Mysterio came out and did one of them, what's gotten into you, Seth? It's like, <laughs> you, were, you know, in the last 12 months, I don't know what's happened. You've really changed. <laughs> like, the Seth Rollins I see now is not the one I saw last year because I couldn't because you took my eye out. Like, so he's not the character for that, but I thought it was interesting they placed him there because everything remains a barrier between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, doesn't it? Like, all of this is rooted in that he just wanted a shot and he believed it was his time. Um, so it could be Ray. It could be Ray and or Dominic on television, again, as much as I don't really want to see him go back to it. I, I wouldn't rush into anything with Seth Rollins. I actually could see him getting the video package treatment this week. Mm. Keep him off television and uh, we haven't seen or heard from Seth Rollins. And then you promote his, like, return to a live mic next week or the week after or something. Yeah, I think I th- you just got to keep him warm. Yeah, uh, maybe till after Extreme Rules, the draft. I don't know what yeah. happens there yeah. as well. But like you say, I I love the idea. Even though I've you know complained so much recently, especially on about Monday Night Raw about heel versus heel dynamics. But this is a very different kettle of fish. If you eventually get to, you know, got to get all the stuff out of the way. Like mm. you say, he's a very busy man. But if you eventually get to Roman versus Rollins, and it's this unhinged Rollins who sort of is willing to do almost anything. Because at the end of the day, the reason why his thing with Edge started is because, yeah, like you say, he was he felt he was next in line and then Edge jumped the queue. So you don't want to turn him off to that path and put him into, I don't know, an IC title feud with Nakamura because, yeah, you'll want him in and around there, in and around Survivor Series and the fallout from that. I think if you chart Seth Rollins back to finishing his program with Cesaro, he immediately wanted a title shot and he wasn't going to get one. So he was like, right, well, I'll win Money in the Bank because I'm better than Edge. And he couldn't win Money in the Bank and he was like, right, well, I'm going to have to fight Edge and I still can't get my title shot. So he fights Edge. He eventually wins this feud with Edge. Um, I think he would make, if you can get him through that Survivor Series loop, perhaps as like, uh, this time around, I'll do right by Team SmackDown because last year I walked out. Well, you know, oh, yeah. Wh- whatever. Like, And he does. And he does do right by Team SmackDown. And he says, the reason I've done that is because I am the head of this table then I think Roman and Seth is a good one. TLC ro- match or something. Well, TLC or Royal Rumble. I was going to yeah. say, I think he's a perfect Royal Rumble opponent because he says, I'm not going to go through 30 men. Look at all the things I've gone through. It's my time. And if Roman's still got the belt and we don't get the nightmare scenario of Brock going over in three minutes in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> um, I think that's a terrific Royal Rumble title match. Uh, right, from Mr. Becky Lynch, hashtag feminism, to Becky Lynch. Um, she signed the contract eventually, but she was very unhappy about the way she was being perceived by the WWE universe compared to Bianca Belair. Do you think this heel turn's working now? Um, yeah, I think it is. The It's not... Becky Lynch is this massive star that people really missed. And you are asking... Um, here it comes. Sorry, everybody, but, you know, sound the alarm. Here comes the AW comparison. I am a defender of the joyously happy CM Punk entrance because... Yes, it's not us as TV viewers' first time, or it's not CM Punk's first time, but it's that building's first time, and you can feel it. 
like audiences are getting their first bite of the you know the CM Punk Apple for seven years, and it's just so rewarding to watch. We're still in that with Becky Lynch, but WWE have insisted that you boo her instead. Um, she signed the contract. The match is set. It's happening this Sunday in Newcastle upon Tyne, mm. at the Utility Arena. Um, to fill people in that might not be aware, there is a house show taking place not far away from where we sit right now, where Becky Lynch will fight Bianca Belair. And in that crowd, there will be a lot of adults and children, I would say, that are very excited to see Becky Lynch live and in person. They're excited to see wrestling live and in person, and they're getting Becky Lynch, and they're being asked to boo her. She'll be in the main event, probably, as the top heel, doing comedy heel spots, losing by disqualification, and Bianca Belair will be the one to send the fans home happy. You know, that'll be how that goes. And I just think that's why this is still going to feel a little bit laborious because if she'd come back as the exact Becky Lynch that had left and she was in the truck and she was in the fur coat and the meme glasses, but she was still acting a baby face, then you would turn the fans. Instead, it's sort of all happened at once, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And the fans are like, oh, we haven't even had a look at it yet. It's Becky Lynch. Oh, right, okay, we'll follow our... Like, then do we hold up the, the cards, effectively, that say boo? <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, what she is saying is heel stuff, so we'll boo her. So it's a, it's a strange one. It's a really strange one. Um, but I've maintained that I believe this will all be for the benefit of the match. I think the match is going to go down yeah. a tree. I think by the time we reach Extreme Rules, um, which I forget where it is, but the fans there will have seen enough of this character on television um, that they will know to boo her, they will want to boo her, and I think the match will be better for Becky Lynch playing full heel. I think Bianca Belair's comeback against the man is going to be terrific. And I think Becky will do a really good job of um, panicked struggle. <laughs> oh, God, I'm in over my head. I know I'm the man, and I know I'm cocksure, and I know I'm confident. But she's a super athlete. She's a hybrid star. And, like, the game has changed since I've been away. And I just think that's such a simple story to tell with somebody like Bianca Belair. So it's working but I don't think it's quite where they'd want it to be yet. And this is a match I don't think that needs an Extreme Rules stipulation, as much as I said that they need to do something with it, because, yeah, they just want to run it back, and then you build on top of it with with other things, I suppose, um, to set up, I don't know, a match at Survivor Series or whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be, in the long run, beneficial for Bianca Belair, and, yeah, absolutely, the, the match in Columbus, Ohio, next Sunday. Mm. Uh, will be great at Extreme That's, Rules. I think Ohio, I believe, is the home of Alexa Bliss. Oh. So the Lily chants are going to be through the roof in <laughs> her title quest against Charlotte Flair. Which, by the way, it hasn't escaped my attention that in all our Survivor Series conversation, we are currently peering over a cliff edge towards Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. So those the placement of those titles gets very interesting in the sort of the weeks and months to come, you would assume that Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss are probably unsuccessful. DQ wins, perhaps, or whatever. But that feels like something to maybe try and hold on to, too. Like, I don't know how the dynamic would go, but then has nobody known who Charlotte Flair is really affected the quality of her matches? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's really made a difference if she's heel or babyface. That's certainly one to watch. Like, where those belts are at this time of year is very interesting because... It's the legacy rivalry, isn't it? Yeah. It's, the, it's the one that you you never tire of them going back to. So I think that's interesting as well. Finally, uh, will Naomi wrestle this week? They've got this weird storyline going on at the moment. I'm, I'm excited to potentially see. I know uh, Happy Corbin, for example, was uh, cut for time last week. I mm. want to see what's going on with him. But we've talked about him a hell of a lot. Naomi is someone who we adore here at What Culture. She deserves better. She should be wrestling. And they're sort of working that into a storyline where Sonya Deville doesn't have enough time for her. 
Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because WWE um, is so often abusive to its characters to the point of damaging them long term that you see an angle like this and rather than how once you might have thought, oh, perfect, this is a reintroduction of a character there, like Sonya Deville is tacitly burying her now so that they can put her over huge down the line. Um, but it's WWE, so you lose faith. You think, oh, well, what if they just drop this? Cold. And all we've seen is three weeks of Naomi being pied. And then in six weeks' time, she's appearing as a baby face like it never occurred. Like, that happens too often. So you lose faith in this as a process. But I like the angle. If you have faith in the process, and if you believe that this is going to go the way it should go, it's apparent that Naomi, she's dialed back her look even in these backstage segments. So you can see that she's a little bit pissed off yeah. with being this day-glow cheerleader because WWE aren't, like... The, the system, WWE, is no longer responding to the connection she had with the crowd. So she's trying to do business her own way and is being obstructed by the powers that be. I would like, and I think everybody wants this, so I'm not reinventing the wheel here. The mention of the bloodline is always brought up with Naomi for obvious reasons. And I'm all, I'm bang in favour of yeah. it. Bang, bang in favour of it. I think the way you get there is a flapping, scared Paul Heyman. It's again the Roman tribal chief and roman just says something along the lines of stop telling me paul show me and paul Heyman uses that political nous and stroke that he's got to lean on postman pierce and sonia deville and suddenly naomi's got a match on smackdown and she defeats zelina vega or tony storm or whatever and things are going pretty well for naomi and paul Heyman goes back to roman reigns is like have i shown you my tribal chief and roman's like yeah, that that pleases me, and that's the connection established. I love you know, it. We always go back to uh, as wild as Apollo Cruz's turn was. Like, what conversation brought that? What put that in Apollo's head? One shot of Apollo having a chat with Roman and being given time to think, and Roman saying, "Maybe go back to your roots." And then, if there'd been a second conversation, it would have been maybe not that far. <laughs> but nonetheless, that existed to show Roman has this strange yeah. effect on people. I, if you buy in, but I think the, the the idea is in kayfabe. If you buy into the head of the table, um, he's got this sort of almost hypnotic power over you, cult leader, kind of, yeah. And I just think that's his, that's Paul Heyman's way. I think that's a nice way of like sort of introducing them as connected characters is by having Paul Heyman be this authority figure that will listen to Naomi and will help. And anything that's going to keep him on Roman's good side for the short term, I think will, you know, and ultimately it gets the four of them together, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and, and more Naomi, absolutely. Mm. And I think this would be a great change of pace for her as a character because I love her as what she is right now, but clearly they just see her as a stepping stone, or they did, and now they want something new for her, and I think this is the perfect direction for her to go in. It's the latest, and I hate that this always has to happen, but it's the latest, Roman included, Becky Lynch as well, originally. Uh, it's the latest babyface that has to turn heel because WWE won't give the people what they want. So like, And they'll be more adored as a heel. Oh, uh, yeah, eventually, like, she'll be babyface even bigger than before, and WWE will like, make documentaries where they say it was always the plan. <laughs> We're always one step ahead of what our audience wants. Step one, that weird... Sing slash dance <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, with the, yeah. That was a performance center era SmackDown, wasn't yeah. it? There's the Evans and the Usos and all that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. God, I should be. What am I talking about? Starting these podcasts with SmackDown's a bit rubbish. I should be grateful for every single second of these ones. 
Never want to go back to that. Get vaccinated. Yes, please. Get vaccinated. <laughs> and let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Also coming later today, our AEW Rampage preview, Wrestle Culture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. And of course, next week we'll be reviewing SmackDown on Monday. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.